This is an urgent appeal for the Liberal Democrat Party. We found Philip in a terrible state, abandoned by those who should have cared for him most. Philip was found wandering his constituency office, syringe in hand, searching for immigrants to inoculate. Our operatives found him just in time. How could anyone do this to a loyal Tory party member? Our party agents worked night and day to rehabilitate his image, and now he's a principled social liberal. The Liberal Democrats receive a call from a disaffected Tory every eight hours, but we rely on people like you to carry out our vital work. Please, text SURGE to 130-0135 to give just £3 a month to the Liberal Democrats. To rescue homeless MPs like Chucker, he was trapped in a party with no hope, no future. When we rescued him, he had been through so many parties, he was trying to join the Whigs. In his desperation to break free, he had triangulated himself into leaving the European Union, but joining the EU army. You should have seen the uniforms he designed. Heartbreaking. Your £3 a month will pay for press conferences, think tanks, and promoted hashtags these MPs badly need. The Lib Dems provide the full cycle of care for all centrists in England and Wales. £3 a month can make sure someone is always there to parachute a deselected MP into a safe constituency. Please, we urgently need your help now to protect dozens more MPs from needless suffering. Kindness towards the free market is at the heart of what we do, but we desperately need your help to carry out this vital work. Please, text Orange Book to 1337 to give just £3 a month. The Liberal Democrats. I don't mind the smell. Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather. Political discussion from the outside may look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk news and politics. Yeah. We're back. Back properly now. Yeah. Back to our, we should be back on a weekly schedule now. All of our shit's pretty much done. Um, my wife's series has finished f- filming, so that means that the most, like I don't have to do stuff around the house anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can just let the, let the place become a shit tip. Yep, that's that's the plan. Um, we had our holiday, our last holiday. As it goes, Aww. as of right now, it is twenty days <laughs> until Aww. she leaves. Um, yeah, went to Canada. Yeah, how was it? Um, it was good. We went to some oil fields and <laughs> yeah. got some oil. Trespassed on some yeah. uh, native lands. Yes, yeah. um, claimed fit, them. In fact, we were probably yeah. We must have been on native land because because yeah. um, everywhere had like it's native, all native yeah, land exactly. Well, First Nation land. Um, but yeah, it was very pretty. Went to a yeah. um, place in the Rockies called Banff, right. the highest town in Canada. Mm-hmm. So nice. it felt right for me to be in the highest place in Canada. <laughs> um, it was nice. Um, after about three days, I was wondering why I was finding it so hard to breathe, and then it dawned on me it was because it was so <laughs> high up, and I'm pretty much designed for at or below sea level. <laughs> pretty much designed for mossy caves. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, but yeah, that was really pretty. I saw lots of animals. I saw a bear. Oh, wow. I saw a bear. He was called Boo. Oh, he's really Boo cute. the Bear. Yeah, he's really cute. He's like about 16, I think. Oh, He was a really big boy. He was lovely. Saw some wolf dogs. Got to feed a wolf dog. Got a wolf dog to bite me. <laughs> got a wolf dog to bite you? I wouldn't let him get the treats out of my hand, and so he nibbled at my hand, and it was really cute. And they were like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, I so made him do it. <laughs> so, you know, waiting on the next full moon. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I hopefully I've laid down a lot of money in silver. <laughs> you shouldn't take me out. Yeah. <laughs> Keep me in check. 
It's what you would want it. The damn Corbin and his momentum werewolf activists. <laughs> Me going from door to door. Well, rooftop to rooftop. That's why they're pro-roguing. It's just they're going to try and avoid holding an election during a full moon. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really nice. It was really, it was really nice. Um, it was... I, I hate flying. I hate security. Oh, yeah. And modern security in airports is really weird. Like, on the way back, there I didn't interact with a person... Like, oh, they've got those, like, automated Everything was passport automated. barriers. Everything was automated, like, from the Canada end all the way to the, the British end. Is it like where there's one person in a booth along a massive glass wall? Um, no, going through, like, putting our bags in and stuff, there was no people. It was oh. just, like, machines, which, luckily, the machine was the same as the one going out, because I was, it was baffling, <laughs> um, but managed to sort that out. But that was, it was weird. It was just a, it's, it's a weird feeling going through that much yeah, automation. Yeah, I mean, like fucking loads of books on like the null space of airports and yeah. airport the airportization of yeah so that was a bit weird of life generally yeah it was a bit weird well, I thought you were at home like most of London or Central certainly has been turned into a fucking airport um, I don't know because I don't um, Calgary Airport has nothing in it so <laughs> London's got that on it um, unfortunately my wife did not let me go looking for the heart house so I could scream Brett screw Brett at his house um, but yeah. No one lives there, Hugh. <laughs> you just shout. Sean Michaels house. lives there. <laughs> yeah, he, he won the house. <laughs> he took the house. <laughs> Taking Stuart's grave, digging it up to put his title belts in. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why I've been up yeah, to. So, um, but and now you know, just getting the last of the stuff ready for university. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're gonna be empty nesting soon. Yeah, I've got a dog. Consider buying oh. another dog <laughs> to replace your child. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Basically the same. Don't even have to send it to school. Yeah, my one's smarter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I've been doing. What yeah. about you? Nothing. Um, yeah, nothing really. I've yeah. kind of uh, moved and paying attention to politics. That's definitely a thing I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so let me catch you up. It's hard to, to pay uh, attention. I, I, I had a, that was the thing. The best thing about the week away, I did not pay attention to politics. I saw the occasional bit on the news that would like come up and it was kind of funny watching Canadians talk about British news and like, like, respected Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Like, ah, ah. They managed to, I don't know where they were recording, but they never had any of the stop Brexit people screaming, which is kind of weird. But um, the news in Canada is so much nicer. It was like, it? There was a news story about a bacon vending machine, a man fighting a bear. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's, the, that's been the news for the past, like, 40 years. <laughs> what, a man, man fight? fights bear. <laughs> man continually fights bear to control Canadian wilderness. <laughs> if he loses to the bear, that's it. All the Europeans have to leave. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> you didn't miss uh, that much, to mm-hmm. be fair. Um, it's been... Parliament's prorogued, mm-hmm. which means that it has been that suspended. Like for, it's prestiging, yeah. Basically, Parliament is prestiged. It will come back next year. It will be a little bit harder, mm-hmm. but you'll keep all your stuff. Mm-hmm. Everyone will keep their seats. Mm-hmm. Actually, it kind of is. It is kind of like that. Um, uh, Boris has crashed and burned way harder and way faster than I think. Oh, he's not quite burned. He's still he's still technically prime minister, but nothing has quite gone the way that he I think maybe imagined there's no good there's no good in it do you know what I mean well he believes his hype maybe or that his team believe his hype enough that you know to send him out there but like it's all it was always media constructed anyway but even his even his even his media stuff is is like weak so he lost I think he's lost 
six or seven votes nice. all on the kind of the same kind of thing. There's some kind of legal instrument in place to prevent a no deal Brexit, but and the the discussion around it has been about whether he will ignore that or not. Um, again, no one has any idea because the British state has done what it does best and withdrawn behind into the corridors of Whitehall, mm. and now you don't know what decisions are being made or not being made. It's also shown up the amazing state of the British Constitution. Yep. But most importantly, his photo ops have been his com- his press conferences and his his kind of public appearances have been just just bizarre. I'm not really like a a, a big adherent of that whole uh, what's it called um, non linear warfare thing mm-hmm. where um, people like try and bewilder the press environment as much as they do kind of try to get their point across. Yeah. But there's nothing to explain Boris in a, a speech with uh, Leo alongside uh, the TSOC. Uh, Leo Varadka doing what I can only so he stretches his arms out Mm. and kind of brings his fists together in what I can only describe as a fighting game selection video nice um because there's 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 like two ways you could spin it if it was intentional and not just him like winging whatever he Mm. was he was feeling at that point it was oh I've been negotiating so hard (laughs) I need to stretch or it was some kind of ultra primitive masculine body language like signaling yeah just flexing just, just feeling my power all in these fists <laughs> which look, i definitely use did he look have like he used wanted, did he look like he wanted to tear a phone book in half in front of Leo Varadkar to prove how much better he is i mean to be fair the lap press that he did later was kind <laughs> of <laughs> but yeah that is that's a bit weird i did see shots of that it looked odd Boris Johnson cracking his knuckles. Yeah. Boris Johnson punching a wall before he... <laughs> like punching a hole in a wall, but not allowing anyone to see it. <laughs> oh, you should have seen me in there. I fucking punched a wall, mate. Yeah, it does seem a bit odd. He is... Because I, I saw the thing with Luxembourg of him being bullied by the Luxembourgians. <laughs> that happened yesterday, didn't it? So he had, yeah. a, he had a speech with um, the Prime Minister of Luxembourg. Zettel? Zettel? I think his name was. I don't know. He runs um, Tax Haven. Yeah. Um, like I heard them talking I've, about it's like, oh, Luxembourg, it has like um, 48% of its population are migrants. And it's like, yeah, because yeah, they don't live there. Yeah, it's a fucking tax. Three. Like, yeah, but one of them is like fucking Amazon. <laughs> and like I've seen him before. He's been in various... He's like... I'm not sure. Obviously, the EU commission uh, is in uh, Luxembourg, isn't it? Is it? Uh, one of the EU buildings. Um and he has appeared on a number of different press conferences, like like Theresa May's era, mm-hmm. um, being really super smug, uh-huh. and like say, huh, you have, uh, you say you've done this to yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's up to you, and that like really appeals to maybe a certain kind of Remainer, yeah. and it just fucking infuriates me because it's like, like if you think Brexit is really bad, it's mm-hmm. going to harm actual people, and you're just sitting there laughing like some smug cunt. Mm-hmm. Just all over it. But in any case, it was pretty funny when compared to Boris. He came out for a speech with all of these like pro-Remain people about 30 feet away hmm. behind a big gate um, shouting at, at people as they, uh, at Boris as he went in. And then Boris just no-showed. So actually, that's the if you think about it, that's the ultimate masculine pose, which is he's not there when you need him. Am I right, ladies? I'm right. <laughs> but it's, the thing is, I heard a completely... There was a completely reasonable 
commentator about this on LBC this morning. Mm. Um, former MEP, now political commentator, successful novelist, mm-hmm. for certain definitions of the word successful, um, Stanley Johnson. And Stanley Johnson said it was the right thing to do. Oh, damn. And that he was very smart to if do If Stanley it. Johnson says that about Boris Johnson, you yeah. know it's reliable and free of all bias. And then at the end of, the, of his thing, then Nick Ferrari said, Sally Johnson is, of course, Boris Johnson's father. But it's like, it was really quickly <laughs> like a dis- at the end. A disclaimer. Yeah. And then they went for the other side of the argument. They went to Dan fucking Hodges. <laughs> Your career may be at risk if you do not mention. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, Boris is a weird one. He's like, I'm looking forward to Tory conference because I, it seems weird, the Tory part at the moment, because, you know, like all the people leaking, getting kicked out and stuff like that, the yeah. Stalinist purges of the Tory party. Yeah, funny what? how that word has gone down in they its usage. Them, they can't call them Stalinist purges. Pinochetian purges. I mean, a purge is a purge. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's not just a left-wing thing. It's, it, like, supposedly, if, you, if, you, if you're viewing this neutrally, mm-hmm. a purge is a purge. But, of course, uh, Stalinist purges is mm. never used uh, non-biasedly. It's <laughs> only used against the left. Um, but yeah, he's he's failing with the kind of focus and determination usually only seen in successes. He he's it really seems pleased with himself. There's he he did a speech in front of a line of coppers, mm. which I mean, like you can definitely see authoritarian elements in some of his speech. But Boris Johnson is the authoritarian. Like the president escaped from LA. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. I, I mean, what what was that supposed to? Because they were talking about him ignoring the the No Deal law at the mm. time, and it's like, was that what you were trying to do? Was that a signal? I mean, I guess I get the dog whistle of of like appearing in front of a line mm. of coppers when talking about author, like law and order and stuff yeah. like that. But you're not law and order if you're doing this stuff. So it's it's all mixed messages, and it's all like half half messages. Like he's mm. playing. Yeah. That's that's the whole thing you get. It's like it's still that it doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, he was pretty flustered in in PMQs, but he always looks flustered. Yeah, he does. So I don't yeah. know that his body language is necessarily a good uh, a good indication of of where they're going. And mm. like I said it before, but like it's impossible to fucking. I I really don't think people should overestimate Boris Johnson or Dominic Cummings because mm. they're basic bitches. Like they yeah. they have a very very basic view How of what they think. Dare you say anything mean about Dom Cummings? <laughs> Dom Cum. Yeah, God, I imagine. In fact, um, the way that they've, because the because Remainers see themselves as geniuses. Yeah, yeah. So the only person that could possibly have beaten them must have been some kind of Lex Luthor type yeah, mega genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Therefore, they've made out that Dominic Cummings is a super genius, rather than he's just some guy, or that he's super willful because mm. the thick of it has taught them that mm. actually, if you shout and never concede a single thing. Mm you'll get your way eventually because everyone else will be too like apathetic to do anything about it. Whereas in it. reality, Dominic Cummings is a sloppy drunk wandering around Parliament <laughs> shouting at Jeremy Corbyn, it seems. Yeah, that happened, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if he had a bottle of wine in his hand, but though, I did see a description of him having that kind of red wine bits at the corner of the yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah. Which, that, that's, that's a good look. It's fucking awful. I like red wine, and uh, yeah, the, the red wine lips is, is not a great not a great look. <laughs> yeah, so that's the yeah. Tories. It'll be interesting to see how their conference goes, because... Mm. Labour conference next. See some good yes. stuff leaking out of that. But we'll talk about that probably next week. I think most likely, yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, what's going on at the moment? Is the, the most conference. up-to-date conference news. The best conference. The one that has the Glee Club where they sing songs <laughs> and I die a little inside. There are Lib Dem songs. I, I always forget that. Every year I see the stupid fucking Glee Club thing that they do every year. And then it's like, oh yeah, it's the land. They're singing like I'm Tony sure. Blair, Fuck Off and Die, which, you know... Hey, yeah, it's a sentiment. It's, the, one that, it's the, the sentiment we need to unite the country sen- in these fractious times. It's a sensible middle ground. <laughs> um, but they had like a special song that had been written for the defectors. Oh yeah, I only got the first. Uh, I saw bits see. of it were being posted on Twitter, but um, I saw that hardly any of them bothered to turn up to it. Only Luciana Berger and um, Sarah Wollaston. Um, yeah, I can't find it. It, it, it was terrible. It's, yeah, um, and, and terrible, and terrible in the way that only. Political musicals can be terrible. Like, I like musicals. It's very rare that there's a musical that I don't like, but musicals about specific political things. It's pol- political music. A lot of political music is very bad. Music has. No, I'm coming around uh, on that. I'm coming around against that because, you know. Yeah. Well, no, um, it depends. Music about, ah, like, me. actual politics, good. Music about parliamentary politics and political like rules very bad <laughs> so I, f- I found the first verse okay the defectors cometh words mm. adam killiar tune the gas man cometh by flanders and swan of course of course flanders and swan of, of course. course they'd fucking love flanders and swan twas on the monday morning that chucker came to oh, call fuck he'd off. once stood for labor leader but seen his efforts stall that's a bit of a burn he tried to found his own party to claim the centre ground. If you can't beat them, join them, as the Liberals rebound. Oh, it all makes work for the press office to do. And then there's a verse. There's the first line of a verse about Sarah Wollaston. <laughs> <laughs> so there are there are high uh, Lib- there a, did they oh it's annoying I want to see the rest of it is there a joke about Angela Smith and the funny ginge <laughs> or the water mm. or the fact that she got her um, her own party's policy that had just been announced wrong mm-hmm. in an interview anyway we'll get to that um, the Lib Dems are on a, a, a high for them at the moment because apparently it's a huge success to have a load of other parties kick out members make them independents and then them join the Lib Dems yep um, so from Change UK so far Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had Chuck Ramuna, Sarah Wollaston, Luciana Berger, Angela Smith, and um, from the Tories, we've had Sam Geimer and Philip Lee. And they also have a new MP who won um, Brecon and Radnorshire, mm-hmm. uh, Jane Dodds. Um, yeah, those ones from the, the, the Change UK ones, I mean, yeah, okay, fine, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm sure they can make them fit. A little bit more difficult was Philip Lee. Uh, he voted against the 2013 Act legalising same-sex marriages and he wrote an amendment to force asylum seekers and applicants for UK visas to disclose their HIV status and demonstrate they are not carriers of prescribed pathogens, including hepatitis B. Um, Him coming into the party made the chair of their LGBT plus group uh, resign because, you know, what kind of interview allows that man mm-hmm. in as a Lib Dem MP? Well, an interview done by Tim Farron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the thing? It's like a lot of them got really angry. Like a lot of Lib Dems got really angry about him. Mm. And it is, they're right to be angry. He's a piece of shit. So was Ellis Leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're gonna, it's like, you did have a homophobe like, like a week ago. What allows you to join? I mean, like, I know we, talk, we been, talk about like the... Been, the, the been denied. 
Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, sure. Um, what's the name who's standing down? The Katie Lab- Hopkins. <laughs> the Labour one who then went to change, who's now said that she's standing down. Uh, Joan Ryan. Joan Ryan. She obviously got, got told no. Do you think? Otherwise, why is she quitting? She knows I mean, she's not going to win an election. Well, I mean, she did say... I think there was, there was a number of them... Of who, they, they, they all were, say a lot of things. They were though. all kind of... They were of senior age in the new Labour era mm. and had fairly safe seats. Mm. And as Corbyn came along, realised they would not last to see the Labour taken, right in ascendance again. They didn't take Gavin Sugar. No, they did. Did he? Did he apply? I don't know. Was I'm going to assume yeah. they all did. Because Gavin Shuker's a isn't he a homophobe? He's a Christian as well, isn't he? He um, the thing that I've read is um, from some from he's a homophobic Christian, I should say, because you shouldn't assume that Christians are homophobes. Um, like homophobes who assume. <laughs> that. Um, he's he was kicked out of a church because he wouldn't stop having affairs. <laughs> that was a thing that I saw. So he's so straight <laughs> that he can't just stick with one wife. Mm. That's the thing. Sexuality is a spectrum. It's a very complicated spectrum. And the straighter <laughs> you are, the more women you bang at the same time. That's like literally the rule. What I am proposing <laughs> is that there is a spectrum of sexuality and that it extends beyond straight. <laughs> Try to do a well, straight, straight people's acro- like uh, acronyms. <laughs> Super straight. I'm, a, I'm an SS. <laughs> Yeah, I think Kevin Shuka would have been in the SS, actually. I was in the SDS, super-duper straight. <laughs> but yeah, so I imagine there must be MPs that have asked to join and have been told no. There must be, because... That's when, sh- it, that's when anyone's got um, a PHIL after their name. It's not a doctor of philosophy, that's a philanderer. Yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> Boom, there we yeah, go. That's 100% it. true. Um, but yeah, there must have been ones who wanted to join and then got told no. Which then leads you to think, like, how... If they, took, if they took Philip Lee, a man who said that, like, people were responsible for their own diabetes um, medication because it was a self-inflicted disease. He's a G- part-time GP still, mm. by the way. Um, yeah, but, um, and, like, told, like, said, like, the NHS was a Ponzi scheme, ready to collapse. Like, two years ago. To be honest, I've, I've known a couple of GPs, and that's, like, GPs are disgusting. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not saying it about... I'm not saying, like, it's that's GP behaviour. Yeah. I'm saying... For a Tory MP, yeah. that's pretty solid pretty Tory, Tory MP. Yeah. And if there is a dividing line between liberalism and Toryism, hmm. you'd think it'd be something along those lines. Although you'd it? think that would be the at the the limit over the limit, mm. you know. But no, they'll take him. Um, they also took uh, Sam Geimer. Mm-hmm. Um, he was universities minister after Joe Johnson. And he Tried went, to start a culture war. yeah. He went hard in on uh, university monocultures and tried to. I think at some point tried to get them to enshrine free speech mm-hmm. in their um, in their in their like constitutions or whatever. Yeah, it's a nice idea. Um, he also had two anecdotes um, uh, about going to a university. He said at one institution, when I turned up to speak to students, they read the safe space policy, and it took twenty minutes. And also, <laughs> that a lecturer at King's College London was investigated for hate speech after taking the side of the British over the Soviets in a class about the Berlin blockade. Uh, both those stories were bullshit. No because chance. do you know what the British have a lot of? Fucking history books about the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Do you know what none of them say? That the Soviets were justified. Mm-hmm. Not getting into that now. <laughs> <laughs> Soviets are justified in every single one of their actions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Stalin did nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> he did. He did. He did lots of things wrong. Of course he did. But Sam Gaimar is a liar, um, and he did try and fill a bus to the Turing Bill. 
Um, oh god! Because yeah. because it wasn't gay friendly enough. Apparently, it wasn't. That's, that's the current line. Wasn't good enough. Yeah, that's the current Lib Dem line. Because Jesus. Yeah, because they they, they do that. Um, I did see the best thing at the conference, which was um, Joe Swinton and Luciana Berger having a really stilted conversation in front of an orange backdrop, um, like, "Oh, so how you enjoyed your first conference? Oh, oh it's so good." And talking talking to her as if she'd just come from Labour. Um, like, poor Change UK. Where did all that money go if it wasn't, you know... <laughs> was it all for nothing? <laughs> yes. What, um, of the, what of the times we shared together? That Nando's. <laughs> and that's it. Gapes crying into his Nando's. <laughs> no, but, he can't ever go to Nando's again. No, the memories are too fresh. <laughs> he can't even go near your Ilford High Street. He's got PTSD. <laughs> Portuguese, terrible... Oh, I, don't, I can't remember anything like that. <laughs> Damn it, no, that's ruined me now. Post-traumatic... No, there's something with pitters in there. No, ah, fuck it. No, fuck no, it. no. But, um, yeah, so, and they're like, oh, it's so nice here. People here disagree, but, you know, it's all done in good spirit. Oh, shut... Yeah, because they don't believe in anything. Yep. There's, They might disagree, but none of it is important to mm. them enough for them to fall out. Mm. Like, because that's what proper fucking... Like political parties do. Also, it's a bit rich of saying that when, um, when they were being heckled for endorsing UKIP policies. Yeah. That was one of the heckles that they were getting. Yeah. Because yeah. of um, allowing in Philip Lee's. Philip Lee. There was actually, there was one more um, defector. It oh, was yeah. uh, Rob Flello, uh, who again tracks to this this path. He was the former Labour MP for Stoke. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a member. He's a member of the. He was a member of the anti-abortion all-party parliamentary pro-life group, mm-hmm. and opposes same-sex marriage. Um, he also. To be fair, being anti-abortion is actually really feminist because you talk about giving choice to women. Yeah. But what about all the choices of those unborn women? <laughs> that you're just taking away from them. <laughs> what's the spi- What's the spiked online contradictory line on abortion? Because they're quite pro-abortion spiked, aren't they? They are. Um, because of course what's the contradictory anti-abortion hot take I think I just gave you a good one you're not giving birth to enough good capitalists nah that's weak Mm, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> not doing very well on this. We're trying to get trying to get the juices flowing, but I can't. I'm not feeling no. it. Watch the Lib Dems all the fucking day. My yeah. imagination's gone. <laughs> Just caught it. <laughs> the only thing, the other thing of note about Rob Flello is that uh, he filibustered a fellow Labour MP's bill to grant employment rights to temporary workers. Good man. He's, the Lib Dems are getting all these heavyweights. The acting like any of these people are heavyweights as well. Is oh yeah, ridiculous. no, no. Because none of them are. None of them. <laughs> Like, all of this stuff is, like, all of their horrible things. It's all, like, backbench, like, motions, a little amendment here, you know, scrawling graffiti on a toilet wall. None of them have ever actually been anywhere near any power. <laughs> or some of them might have. Well, Sam Gaiman's been a minister, but he was a minister for kind of less than a year, hmm. you know? Um, so the main policy that's come out of here, there's a couple of uh, different policies that they've been uh, discussing. The main one is rev- they want to, they've moved to revoking Article 50. Mm-hmm. If they gain a majority in Parliament, mm-hmm. they will straight up, no referendum. When they get the majority. Yeah, when. Oh, sorry, when. When is a foregone conclusion. Um, <coughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, that, they've, they've, it's such a weird thing to. Like, there's a couple of things about this. A, 
well done on sinking that Remain alliance. Mm-hmm. Not with Labour, because you've already said you won't work with Labour. Like, mm-hmm. that's whatever. But with the smaller parties, with mm-hmm. Ply, and with um, the Green Party, mm-hmm. and the SNP. Mm. That doesn't... That, that's not what they actually wanted. No. That's not... That wasn't the game plan. No. How... Why are they so... Why are they suddenly so flush you know with why? themselves? You know why? Because you know it's the wording when they say, mm. if they get a majority... Yeah. They will revoke Article yeah, 50. Yeah, yeah. It's so they can justify when they are a minority coalition partner mm. voting through a deal. The only other, the only other thing I can think That's of... That's what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Lib Dems I mean, make Brexit happen. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. They, they, a bad Brexit. They would 100% do that. But the other, the other kind of signalling thing that they seem to be doing, which on a really short, like, like short-sighted level kind of makes sense... They've done it for years. They've talked about uh, Trucker Amuna made his speech and talked about it in terms of um, like foreign policy. They keep, they're talking this, about this open versus closed thing again, mm. um, authoritarian versus liberal democracy, all that kind of thing. The populism, nationalism. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that Brexit has. I think it's probably done the most damage to people's brains in that they're convinced that the political terrain has shifted. And that as long as they all flock to this new political terrain that they made up, mm-hmm. that everything will be fine. Like, don't get me wrong, issues change and shift and yeah. coalitions on either side shift and change all the time. The basic terrain of politics is class struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was saying that as a socialist, but also like, come on. Well, yeah, it's it, is still, it is still that. Even if you're a Tory, the best yeah. Tories, the most successful Tories recognize mm-hmm. that some element of economic classes coming together to form coalitions mm-hmm. in favor of a particular thing is the basis of politics. Boris understands it. That's why he's got Czech Republic's democracy. <laughs> well, no, they, do, they know what they're doing. You know, the Tories know what they're doing. Yeah, it's that, yeah. It's that thing again. They know um, who they're... It's as simple as they know who their friends are. It's they know who, before, who they're likely like, to um, appeal to. It's like, um, what's it? Uh, the Lib Dems, um, they want to change the world, but they don't want to understand it. Yes. They don't understand it. And Tories, they don't want to change yeah. the world, but they actually do understand it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that, that lack, of a, like, lack, lack of understanding was... There's, there were a load of different policies, and obviously they sound very familiar, which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute. But um, the one that really caught my eye was uh, they made a pledge on adult education. So, oh, are they going to get rid of tuition fees again? <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> they're going to change adult education by jacking up the tuition fees again um, tripling it again they are going to give adults in England entitlement to £9,000 over their lifetime to pay for further education and training under these proposals every adult in England would receive a personal education and skills account PISA mm-hmm. into which the government would make at least three payments of £3,000 over the course of their lifetime from the age of 25, learners would be able to access the account to pay Sorry, for education. When they're 25, they could give them £3,000. When they're 50, they get £3,000. <laughs> and when they're 90, they get another £3,000. <laughs> they would be able to access the account to pay for education or training courses of their choice, accompanied by free careers advice. Similar to an ISA or workplace pension scheme, earners and employers would have the option of making their own contributions to the PISA option. on top of the government's contribution. Um, I fucking love it. It's like... If you were smart, mm-hmm. if you actually were interested in political terrain as it exists, you would look at Labour's policies and 
like not kid yourself as to why they got 40%, like they got this huge surge in the last election. And you would think, what is it about these things that appeal to people? What is it? What? It's clearly not the notion because every, realistically, Labour's last manifesto was pretty good, but it was actually kind of universalising and potentially following through on the end goals that every government always says they want to follow ever, mm. which is being able to have adult education, being able to, yeah. you know, send your, like, reforming the education system on different lines so your kids can go to a different, better school and, mm. you know, whatever. Um, they see that and say, what if instead of just turning up to an adult education centre, you had to phone a 10p a minute hotline <laughs> to get information on another bank account <laughs> because everyone loves dealing with banks yep. and they love dealing with the job centre yep. especially over the phone and by post <laughs> so we'll set up a bank account like think about what happens in like like let's say it gets in and they get into a coalition and this is the kind of thing that ah fuck it they win a majority and this is what they institute mm-hmm. right you imagine in like 10 years from now you get remade redundant from your job you want to retrain for a new career you root out the paperwork from the three thousand pound, or well, the paperwork that you got from Pisa like ten, like seven years ago. Um, you phone the the hotline on the number to like claim your money. Um, in the meantime, you can look at all of the adult education courses that have just conveniently become nine thousand pounds <laughs> because apparently they don't learn anything from the NHS. Um, you know, you wait for two weeks for your paperwork to come through. They tell you you have to send off two forms of ID. You have to get them signed off. You come in for an interview run by ATOS. Um, they probe your work status. They cross-reference that with like how many kids you've got and what other benefits you're claiming. You know They tell you you're not eligible for the full amount because mm-hmm. your wife's actually still in work. Um, but you can top up your account with you know voluntary contributions, <laughs> tax-free. <laughs> They're tax-free contributions to your second bank account <laughs> that you pay for the worst time in your life when you fucking lose your job. Um, and like you just end up thinking, oh, a grant under neoliberalism. Oh yeah, that's going to become a loan. Yeah. It'll be a loan well, so it'll if be, it gets past that time. It, it, would be, I mean? it would be mean. It would be like um, dependent on what the thing is for as well. They'll be like. These are the approved courses. These are the not approved courses. Yes. So what will be yeah. so like? We're talking like into the future now. So we've had a Lib Dem. We've had. A, I'm going to give Lib Dems this two, a two term parliament. Jesus. Yeah. So I'm going to go fifteen years. Losses. Fifteen years in the future. Uh-huh. Unemployed. I'm. Um. How old would I be? I'm fifty. Okay. I'm fifty, and I'm desperate for work. I get my piece, so I get my money, mm-hmm. and they say, okay, you can do the thing. And all I can do is I can do the training to be a drone pilot. <laughs> you could be the man who fixes the automatic but robots that took your job. I don't get... That money does not cover the chip that gets implanted in my brain. <laughs> but don't you know what I mean? It'll be so, there, there's always so many caveats with this bullshit. And it's like already like when they come out with their big ideas, there's already so many caveats at the first bit is that, where they state it. When they, even... state, when they state the idea, like... You know, Labour Party, like, we're going to get rid of tuition fees. Yeah, yeah. They didn't say, we're going to get rid of tuition fees. Yeah, yeah. They and didn't... the Lib Dems always do the... Yeah. They didn't have a bunch of legal legal lines mm-hmm. at the end of it. Yeah. And that's, like, that's very, very familiar somehow. It's like, these are, these are the bold ideas they're bringing through when, on the surface, they're apparently very, very confident. Chuck was talking about... Um, 200 seats. 200 seats. 
I'd like to point get 200 out votes. there are about 20 seats where the Lib Dems came second, and I think they're within like 25%. 20 seats in addition to the ones they have. So that's a ceiling of 40 mm. maximum. <laughs> um, I think the Lib Dems are going to lose a load of seats because a lot of their seats now, they're, they're artificially inflated because of all these drugs. Yeah, yeah. But they're not going to keep Bracknell. Yeah. They're not going to keep Strat. They're not going to keep Liverpool Wavertree. No. No, they are not. No. So, like, it would be interesting to see them, like, they in the last election they went up again. Yeah. You know, they did all right. They yeah. got a couple more seats. But now they're going to go right back down again. Do you know how I know that, do you know how I know that they won't keep Liverpool Wavertree? Yeah. Because despite the fact that Luciana Berger was their MP, mm-hmm. they, and, you know, she was pretty Blairite, mm-hmm. um, reasonably right, um, they kept voting for Labour. Mm-hmm. For the entire time she was MP. Yeah. That's how I know they won't keep it. Because they already had these people as MPs. Yeah. And they still voted them in. Because they were Labour. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jo Swinson had her, um, had her speech today. Um, and she had an interview in the morning um, on the BBC. Where the interviewer like laid up this really soft question. It was like, David Cameron's talked about you know the mistakes he made doing austerity. Um... Do you think it's and the, the current Tory party are talking about moving on from austerity and letting the money flow again? Um, what do you do? You think austerity was a you know a bad decision? And would you do you want to move on? She fucking doubled down. She said magic money tree, two thousand seventeen's magic money tree. Well, she was calling the Labour Party deficit dies like instantly during the um, yeah. coalition. She relished being in the coalition. Like I'm sure that there were members of the Lib Dems who weren't. Like yeah. they're probably Lieutenant who sucked it up, who weren't happy about it. Yeah, like you know, the Charles Kennedy types are long gone. Yeah, but there were still some who'd be like, I don't want to be in the Tory party. Oh, she happily introduced she she was um, employment secretary, I think, mm. or undersecretary, um, and she introduced the um, the changes to workplace tribunals. Mm. So if someone say gets sexually assaulted at work. They have to wait two years and don't get any like monetary help to bring the action against the company. So Sounds basically, right. kind of outlawing them. Yeah. Not exactly outlawing yeah. them, but kind of. You know. Ugh. Um, the 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 final thing I want to talk about with the the Lib Dem conference was an absolutely astounding. Uh, we talk like we always have fun with the conservative fringe mm. things, although I have no idea what that's going to be like this year. Fucking it's gonna hell. Be fantastic. It's good. I mean, how far, how much further do they go? Um, the Lib Dems had their own weird fringe figure speaking at the main conference and it turned out to be Guy Verhofstadt. Um, he made a speech and it was similar to one he actually gave in Maastricht in April. Cause I was mm. looking for it. I found another really similar speech he gave earlier on this year. Um, the the main the main takeaway from it was was this this bit the world of tomorrow is not a world order based on nation states or countries it is a world order that is based on empires china is not a nation it's a civilization india is not a nation the us is also an empire more than a nation maybe tomorrow they will speak Eng- more spanish than english i don't know what will happen laughter mm-hmm. yeah huh um and then finally, the Russian Federation. The world of tomorrow is a world of empires in which we Europeans and you British... And he was, like, very agitated at this point. He was very, like... Some people would call it passion, but he's not... He doesn't seem like the most well-put-together guy, so his, like, floppy hair was going everywhere. Yeah. Um, 
Tomorrow is a world of empires in which we Europeans and you British can only defend your interests, your way of life, by doing it together in a European framework and in the European Union. And riotous applause. Yeah. Um, well done on, like, countering the twin suppositions that the EU is a massive unitary state in waiting <laughs> and the kind of dodgy Eurosceptic Hitler analogies because he it was kind of... Well... Especially when you combine it with the fact that the EU just announced a European Way of Life Commissioner. Oh, the, the, um, the Department for the 14 Words is a good idea. <laughs> um, and definitely not something that is chilling. Um, but, you know, that, it, it's good. For, it's, it's good. It's, it's nice that the Lib Dem... You know, remain and reform. Remain and reform. That kind <laughs> of... like Hard Remain's like fundamentalist turn has been really strange because... Mm. They're supposed to be kind of vaguely au fait with optics and PR. And they're instead, not, well, no, they're not. You're yeah. right. They're they act, act you're absolutely like they right. They act like this is the thing. And wouldn't you think of appealing to, to leavers by saying, actually, because I mean, that was their, that's their, been their line that the EU is not what you've been told it is. Mm-hmm. You've been told a load of lies. Mm-hmm. And then they get people up who solely are weird EU supremacists. <laughs> Keep off that comes on. <laughs> Flagged by two two of those um the red armored guys from Empire. <laughs> no, you don't understand. You're right. The EU is not a unitary state. The EU is the new Knights Templar doing the Northern Crusades against the perfidious Slav. We must counter the Yellow Peril. They're already at the Urals. <laughs> what the fuck? This yeah. clash of civilizations shit. It it it. it, it to be fair, there's a lot of people at that conference who have copies of Noel Ferguson history books. <laughs> there must be. Because the difference is, mm. like, um, Tory voters believe that stuff. Lib Dem members read that stuff as well as believe that stuff. <laughs> I bet you more Lib Dem voters read um, read Michael Gove's racist book about Muslims than um, Tory voters did. Mm. No, I, I, I think liberal Lib Dems convince themselves that that's not the kind of thing that they would read. I think they'd be more influenced, they'd be more likely to do be kind of Islamophobic in a short term having seen a story. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a story mm-hmm. yeah, about somebody, it. like about um, uh, single gender, like uh, swimming pool mornings yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That's where that kind of shit creeps in. Yeah. And suddenly you start treating people as if they don't have particular like you're saying, things that they need to do you're saying that the tories are influenced by racist books whereas the lib dems are influenced by take a break magazine yes okay that's uh, right. yeah uh mainly that's life um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like what are the what are the lib dems at this point um, i mean they're a pro-austerity anti-democracy pro-homophobia <laughs> party it seems they're but with a glee club they think that they can rely on their kind of activists general social liberalism it's a very like it's a very it's a very lackadaisical approach to it it's like well we are obviously social liberals we obviously have an interest in freedom and liberty and pluralism and all that that's that goes unsaid so we have complete freedom to crack down on kind of democracy and and pluralism in in other ways yeah it's really, really odd. I can't see them doing well with their activists. I can't see those activists being happy well, about knocking on all these doors. All, all the things I was thinking of when these MPs were joining um, the Lib Dems was that 
it's actually the perfect technocratic way of becoming a big party because they're they're acting and they're like waving their dicks around like they're they they are already a big party mm-hmm. but all their MPs they got essentially by appointment mm-hmm. they took them into a room they had a job interview and decided they were there it's yeah. so much neater than actually having to appeal to people yeah. it's absolutely perfectly on brand and i mean we've talked about like mass parties and cadre parties before mm. and it's a perfect elite strategy because all you need is a room full of five of the top people mm. in the lib dems and you get an extra seat it's perfect why would you need to bother having having a lecture and Maybe the article that's be 50- their new policy from now on uh, well, I mean, their, their, their new policy for getting for getting seats is to wait for the election and then steal the weakest of the herd. Yeah, like hyenas. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and and the Article Fifty thing seems such a bizarre tilt to get mm. hard remain what they th- they mm. think is a very hard remain, and it's like if you're going to be getting these two hundred seats, presumably you're going to have to be getting some leave seats. It's a contradictory impulse. It's the impulse to both depend on um, like the remain votes that are already theirs, mm. but also not to have to bother to appeal to people who might have voted leave and explain to them that actually maybe you need another chance to reconsider. But yeah, we're, James O'Brien wasn't in favour of it, so that just gives you a sign of... Uh, there's a lot of... Actually, a lot of the Guardian-like mm. uh, economists and that are coming out and saying Obviously it's, this, is, this is a massive misstep. And he is super hard remain, so, you know... It's like they're intentionally doing the trope of metropolitan elite versus left behind, mm-hmm. and decided that the left behinds aren't actually worth bothering with. Mm-hmm. They were left behind for a reason, damn it. <laughs> yeah, they're not putting out any specific ideas of what like the good life would look like, what a better life would look like for people. They're just kind of putting out a generalized sense that we're the decent ones, we're the good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a strategy designed to fail because, like, if you can't convince the electorate ultimately, very cynically, that you're the source of potential future good things that if you were in charge of the state's resources you would be able to guarantee these people a better life like fuck are you even trying to do Mm -hmm. you know um and like i did think like taking all the conference into into account like so pro austerity Mm -hmm. making a lot of speeches about clashes of civilizations Mm -hmm. uh Amuna bigging up nato talking about uh open versus closed societies in like internationally um, talking a big like technocratic means tested game about uh, about welfare provisions and, and, mm-hmm. and education and stuff like that. Plus, Joe Swinson at the end of her speech finished it finished her her, her speech to the song "Spice Up Your Life" by the Spice Girls, 1997's "Spice Up Your Life." It's Blair. Oh my god! They're literally doing Blair. The unwarranted self confidence, the happy smiles, the the the. The hedging of your bets and acting like it's a moral duty. It's absolutely perfect Blair. It's not even centrism, because then that's not moderate. No. Austerity and none of that, all that stuff, that's not moderate at all. No. It's it's Blair. Oh. So uh there's an article in The Guardian this week that We're gonna be staring into the face of go- the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> Don't <laughs> As you may know, we're really fascinated with kind of old old seventies and eighties trots and old old lefties generally, having gone through kind of the worst period for, for leftism in well, ever. Mm-hmm. Um uh as far as like organization and, mm. and, and things you can put your effort and attention yeah. into, you know. Our little hobby started from 
us trying to work out a group that we could join. And yeah. basically we came, we eventually we came to a list of like about 30 groups that we should never join. Including the Labour Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But back then, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the article's titled, How did my far-left ex-boyfriend swing so far that he's now in Farage's party? Done. I mean, that's actually, to me, that seems really understandable. Mm-hmm. A bunch of old, of old Trump people. I mean, the, the old Revolutionary Communist Party people, yeah. Claire Fox, etc., mm-hmm. etc., have, have gone there. The, the, what are they called? Um, contrarians. Yeah. Her, the Brexit Party is kind of a different, seems to be angling to be a different vehicle than, than UKIP was and less a, less a space for the old right and now a space for the alt-right. Yeah. Um, including, like I say, professional contrarians like old Claire Fox and the Spiked. jacket Trotskyites. Yeah, the Spiked, uh, the Spiked crew. This is very much a description of one of those. It is mm-hmm. about Alaric Bampling, mm-hmm. the potential Brexit candidate for Dartford. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it begins. Forty years ago, in the autumn of 1979, I was 20 years old and a new graduate from the Polytechnic of Central London, PCL. I was active in the Anti-Nazi League and the Socialist Workers' Party, (laughs) joining demonstrations and picket lines and attending earnest meetings in dingy pubs. I'd just started my first job as a trainee journalist. I was living with my boyfriend on the notorious North Peckham Estate in South London. The boyfriend was also a member of the SWP and a dominant figure in PCL's student union, first as the editor of the student paper and then twice as president. Alaric Bamping had a reputation as a left-wing firebrand, leading sit-ins and protests and conducting long, fierce arguments with anyone who disagreed with him. So how the hell, 40 years on, has he ended up as a parliamentary candidate for the Brexit party? Another friend from my student days alerted me to Alaric's news. What happened to swing him from the far left in PCL days to far right now, he asked in a text. It's a good question. I went to find out. Alaric and I parted in early 1982. Neither of us could recall the exact date or circumstances. Last week, at the kitchen table of the North London house he shares with his wife, Julia Hobsbawm, the daughter of the acclaimed Marxist historian Eric Hobsbawm, we first caught up on the personal stuff. The 80s and 90s were all a bit messy, he said. For a while, he maintained two simultaneous relationships, producing two children with one partner before finally settling down with Julia, also a former PCL student, was in the mat. with whom he... <laughs> yeah, that's why in the 80s and 90s were messy. He kept having to travel up to Nottingham and Birmingham for work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Orgreave. I used to hang around Orgreave. Uh, He's always a pick yeah. Where'd you get to? They're always known by different names. Um, yeah, go on. Um, Uh, Julia, also a former PCL student, with whom he had three more children. Throughout, he ran a couple of businesses, Mm -hmm. antiquarian books and student property rentals, (laughs) (laughs) but mainly shouldered responsibility for childcare while his partners um, pursued their careers. Okay, look, Trotsky, Lenin didn't write anything about that, but Trotsky did write a lot, extensively, about how lucrative the buy-to-let market is with regards to students. So, and how much money you can make off a student of renting to students because they can't do that much damage to it and you can rent them real shit boxes Trotsky's own words Soviet power is Trotskyism plus buy to let rental properties yep. um, like all left wingers in the 90s he made a mint out of the property market like look I, I, now I, I'll, I'll say it straight here I 
try to look for stuff uh, Alaric Bampling about mm-hmm. hit Bamping, sorry. His uh, his background. He's not like internet. He's not a name other than being married to Julia Hobsbawm, which mm-hmm. is obviously she, her father was a huge huge name mm-hmm. in in British communism, British socialism. And I assume she caught that communism because it's genetically passed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, she she definitely um she she definitely did with her think tank that's devoted to social wellness. Oh. Um I think we've talked about her before. I don't think t- she's look, she's not the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. Um but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1985, 5 years after he fell out with the SWP, he joined the Labour Party and became a constituency political officer in East London. It didn't last. He drifted away a few years later. Is this Nikki from Our Friends of the North? Oh God, no! Nikki was Nikki. You never would have been Brexit party. He wasn't. He wouldn't have um, bought a bunch even, of bikes. Even in his in the program Our Friends in the North, even in his most trotty phase when he was like buying well, he's an guns. Isn't he? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Even in his most militant phase, he was stockpiling guns, but there was always the notion that he didn't really know what he was trying to do. Yeah, he was just kind of angry at. Things. His dad. His dad. Yeah. Um, a common theme. <laughs> By 1997, he was back with Julia, whose PR company, Hobsbawm <laughs> Macaulay Communications, was then at the heart of the new Labour project. She got that idea from one of her dad's books. <laughs> yeah. It was the one on bandits. <laughs> he did. Eric Hobsbawm wrote yeah. a number of books on kind of social rebellion and, and banditry, <laughs> which is clearly where the idea for the new Labour came from. Um, she founded the company with her old school friend, Sarah McCauley, who married Gordon Brown in the year 2000. In Alaric and Julia's downstairs loo, along with a photograph of Brown and another of Julia receiving an OBE at Buckingham Palace a few years ago, hangs a framed graphic from The Guardian in May 1997. Headlined, The In Crowd, it shows the intricate amalgam of friends and advisors of Tony Blair. Julia Hobsbawm and Sarah McCauley are at the centre of the web. <laughs> Okay, so so far he's a kind of he's a business owner, landlord. a business owner, landlord, landlord, who is a far left. Wait a minute, where did this where did this massive change come? Yeah. <laughs> if we're if we're characterizing the Brexit Party as as far right mm-hmm. and with all of the kind of petty bourgeois notions that comes along with fascism and and mm-hmm. the hard right and the far right, so far mm-hmm. I'm not really seeing a lot in the social profile. To, to contradict that, that whole idea, but we continue. The old school friends have long since fallen out. I didn't help, said Alaric. I avoided Gordon Brown like the plague. I was around them, but I was considered awkward squad. I didn't really like the Blairites at all. They didn't appeal to me. I was he, on. He must have fucking loved that because he's already like a landlord, so he's given up on any, even if he had them, any left wing ideals. Yeah. Because he's a fucking parasite. Yeah. But hanging around literally. The founders of like like literally Blair yeah. against him, he gets to seem like a like a cool firebrand still. Yeah, it's tragic. It's oh yeah, it is very old. Getting out your old leather jacket to mm. freak out the squares. Yeah, he's freaking out the squares. Yeah. Oh god. Um, I was on the edge of the stop the war campaign, but not to a significant degree. There must have been some uncomfortable dinner parties. That's not what he said. That's the words of the journalist. Like, what does that mean? I was on the edge of the Stop the War campaign. Like, I feel like... Pen pals of George Iraq- Galloway. <laughs> the, the Iraq War was a fairly, 
like divisive moral conundrum. Yeah. Either you thought that it was morally justified to murder people in the name of their own freedom, or you did not. <laughs> You're yeah. on the edge. Yeah. That's a very, very strange thing. Um, Alaric stayed away from political party membership until David Cameron was elected leader of the Conservatives in 2005. I quite liked Cameron. He joined the party. Wait. Uh, sorry, I, I have read this. I didn't quite like get it in my brain that he'd actually joined the Tories. Holy shit. Why? I don't know. Because I'm unorthodox? I used to describe myself... <laughs> <laughs> because Blair wasn't there and I couldn't seem like a radical anymore. So I joined the Tories so I could so, so just put myself slightly to the left of the old generals. <laughs> you should listen to the deficits we're not cutting. That's the secret. I'm like jazz. Um, he said, because I'm unorthodox, I used to describe myself as a Tory trot. I just oh. thought Labour was irredeemably awful. And I always got on with Tories. They're able to think for themselves, whereas in Labour... Whereas in Labour, just follow the line. But I was never active. Well, the thing is, it's a man just joins he, parties to not do things. Because he got, he, you know, he was um, he was always friends with Tory parties because they could swap stories about annoying tenants. <laughs> I love that. I do love the the sad tragedy of middle aged men who still have that middle aged lefties uh, yeah. occasionally. You know, the the spiked online crime. I'm mainly mm. thinking of here. Um, who join who join things and hold political positions not because of any particular principle or idea about how to reorder society no they're they're pissing off the squares they're pissing off their parents mm -hmm. it's pure spiked online energy yeah they develop this completely toxic idea where like politics is just something to piss off people they don't like it's purely yeah. So it's li literally, in a literal sense of the word, reactionary. Because mm. all they're doing is reacting to other people's opinions. Mm. You know? It's like they're not um, asking about, oh, um, what's happening with the class struggle? What's the true nature of human society? And it's why they end up, like, as we said with Spite Online, they end up falling into this notion of, like, being awkward or... Um, a certain kind of, of individualism or, or a personal profile that they themselves cultivate. And they end up falling into like the notions of like energy. Mm -hmm. Like I like the people who seem to have the most energy yeah. in a particular social setting or in a particular city or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you get spiked online going really hard for pro-abortion, but pro-smoking as yeah. well, like pro-smoking in public places and all that kind of stuff, because that's where the vitality is. It mm. sounds like energy vampires. <laughs> it's really weird. It this is desperation to find excitement. Have we done a thing of like uh, collating all the spiked online views, mm. like what they are for and what they're against? Because like I think we're, I'm gonna have to. We'll do it next door at the pub. Have they got? In it. I bet you they've got like a. They've got a. Uh, they've got fathers for justice energy about them, a vibe, and like fathers for justice and smoking. They're not. Although they mimic it, I don't think they're grievance-based mm. because they move too quickly. A grievance is something that you nurse and mm. you hold for a really, really long time. It's a very, like, stayed, solid, keeps you in one in one place. Like, Spiked Online can't 
can't hold in one place. Like, I think Brexit is the thing that they hold for the longest. And even then, they go absolutely extreme. It has to be the hardest Brexit because mm -hmm. that's all that matters is the, is the result of this one particular referendum. It's the mm -hmm. most important thing that's ever happened. We despise all <laughs> parliamentary elections. It's like, yeah. be consistent at least. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it continues. Uh, when the MP's expense scandal erupted in 2009, Alaric left party politics again. I thought, Christ, these people, all of them, were awful. It was back to stasis. But three years ago, the issue of Europe focused his mind. He said, For most of my life, I've tried to avoid single-issue politics. You get tunnel vision. But I didn't like the European Commission behaving like a nation-state in its own right. There was no ambiguity in my mind that we should leave, and leave on world trade rules. <laughs> Where's that come from? Okay. Also, like, the principle of, like oh, I don't like this supranational body acting like a nation-state. And it's like, do you think nation-states should act like that? Mm -hmm. You're making a statement. There's none of this. It's always in opposition to something else. It's like if somebody says, oh, the EU is acting like a nation-state. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I like nation-states now. Actually, yeah. nation-states should only be proper and authentic yeah. in whatever world that exists in. You know, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's only ever reacting to things. He placed several bets on leave winning the referendum. On the morning, the bookies were offering seven to one against. I couldn't believe my luck. He wagered some more money before heading to the Groucho Club for a referendum party, where I, there were probably four levers among about 200 uh, remainers. I looked up Groucho Club when you sent me this article to see how much it costs, because I know like yeah. Soho House is a couple of thousand a year. Yeah, yeah. And Groucho Club is on the lower end, but mm. it's still like a grand a year. It's about seven hundred fifty actually a that's year. That's absolutely spare capital just to have somewhere to drink. That's not got quite as well. Maybe not even not it's got quite as many people. Pretty full. Yeah. Um, and also just the notion of that. It's like yeah, oh, no, I went to a, the Groucho Club to yeah. rub it in their faces. Ah, yeah. <laughs> fuck off. Well, that, that's exactly what he is. Yeah, he's spiked. He's spiked. Um, a brief diversion along his political road. Is he? Came, a, does he? Is he a contributor to spiked by any chance? I don't know. I mean, he sounds he sounds like he should be. I mean, uh, there's no particular thing in the article, I don't think, about mm -hmm. him being on that. But it, there's just a lot of this kind of person, mm -hmm. especially now that we have Twitter and you can kind of keep track of them and keep track of the kind of, of things that they go for. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's easier to kind of see where, where these like views align. Um, he said, A brief diversion along his political road came the following year when Jeremy Corbyn faced a challenge to his leadership by mainstream members of the Parliamentary Labour Party. Alaric rejoined the party in order to back Corbyn in the one-member, one-vote contest. I'm not really a Corbynista. I don't like all that old status stuff. But I'm interested in anything that challenges conventional thinking and frees up people's minds. He's so got a cosmic jester hat. <laughs> He's got a hat with bells that he wears to freak people out. <laughs> They're always super into this kind of thing of the notion that there is the single perfect free mind only in possession of a certain a certain group of people and they are destined, destined to free up all the rest of the sheep from thinking along conventional lines like how do I, what do I want and how do I want to do it? When do I want to do it? Like these are not questions that puzzle the owner of two businesses, several <laughs> rental properties, and married to a core architect of New Labour. These are not things that occur to them. He's so got, like, a custom lining for his leather jacket that's just all hardcore pornography that he wears to freak people out. Just, <laughs> yeah. like, just to freak them out. He's got, so, he's got some very tasteful nudes in his, <laughs> in his house. Yeah. He said you like what you see. <laughs> oh. 
I don't like this bad at all. <laughs> the latest, perhaps final stop on the road, came this summer. Claire Fox, an ex-revolutionary Communist Party libertarian and a friend of Alaric and Julia's, <laughs> of course, had won a seat as an MEP for the Brexit Party. I suddenly realised that the nascent Brexit Party wasn't UKIP, and I thought opportunities like this to change the course of politics don't turn up very often. What? Who wouldn't want to be a part of it? So I filled in my application form. You think everything, everything you do is supposed to be a chance to change the course of politics. If you didn't think going from being a far leftist to joining the Labour Party, working for the Labour Party, leaving, joining the Conservative Party, leaving, rejoining the Labour Party, leaving again. If he, At none of those points, he thought that that was a chance to change the course of politics. I do not know how you even, why you even bother. There's no reason for you to keep joining and leaving these parties. It's not expected. You're rich enough, you don't have to do fucking anything. <laughs> In his Twitter video pitch to the people of Dartford, whose oh. MP he hopes to become in the coming months, he says he views the European Commission as a slightly dangerous body in that it behaves like a state in its own right. His anti-Nazi league activism gets a mention, but not the SWP. That's understandable. The Brexit party, he says in the video, is a diverse and interesting party of people who don't feel bound to follow the old rules about how we think about the issues of the day. We are free thinkers, prepared to tackle difficult issues without being shackled to the old means of doing things. Like age of consent. <laughs> kind of the obvious conclusion. Um, I asked him about the party's policies beyond a hard no-deal Brexit. There weren't any yet, but it's, quote, all up for grabs. In an email after we met, he mentioned tackling regional imbalances, scrapping HS2, putting Wi-Fi on public transport, and zero interest on student loans. He favours controlled immigration with fairer access to Commonwealth citizens and a quote-unquote transparent tax system. Like a good internationalist is in favour of the old empire. <laughs> I just, you read that and it's like, wow, what a free thinker. What's yeah. next? Tax credits for families. <laughs> like, and I also, again, like the nation-state thing, I don't know what he thinks he's signing up for when he mm -hmm. says things like, controlled immigration and fairer access to Commonwealth citizens, mm. but that's Empire 2.0 shit. Mm -hmm. you, just because you think it's this radical idea that nobody's proposed, there's a whole fucking history mm. behind that particular style of immigration policy. You're getting enmeshed in post-imperial politics mm -hmm. from the right. Mm -hmm. How, it's like, because he's decided that he's breaking the rules, therefore he's breaking the rules. None of the history applies. And it's like, yeah, yeah it does. You don't just get to like sign up to that without, without like at least appreciating that mm. that's where that stuff comes from. He was content with Nigel Farage's leadership of the party, admiring him for moving the dial on British politics. See, again, it moves the dial. It keeps mm. things moving. All this kind of like, don't ever allow me to become impotent kind of thing. <laughs> I can still... I'm not firing blanks, honest. Later, by email, he added, I have nothing in my archive which suggests that Farage is anything more than a rather blunt and brat... Is, oh, sorry. I have nothing in my archive which suggests that Farage is anything more than rather blunt and brash for liberal sensibilities. He speaks truth to power, never comfortable for those on the receiving end. Freaking out the fucking squares. Again... He's friends with the liberal sensibilities. Do you know what would really challenge liberal sensibilities if he really can't stand them? He could stop being friends with people, including his wife. <laughs> because his wife is a liberal, yeah. is literally a liberal elite. Mm -hmm. I, 
how how can you stand to be around them all this time if you hate their sensibilities so much? The only so thing much? that makes them feel good is being in opposition to them. Because he's rich enough and he's in a class stratus mm. where nothing fucking mm. matters. So it's all just games. It's all just a game. Also, again, there's that tendency of, oh, I'm doing this thing because it pisses off liberals. But he doesn't know what he should be doing mm. until the liberals say something. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly waiting for them to mutter a piety. Yeah. And then he can bounce off it. Pure reaction. At this point in political history, he added, the impetus was with disruptive, insurgent, grassroots-led politics like the Brexit Party. However unpalatable this may be to the liberal left, the Brexit Party has real political bite. Does it? They say they're in favour of controlled immigration. The liberal left say... Well, the liberal left even say... In fact, yeah, the liberal left have been in in favour of controlled immigration. The past ten years has been dog-whistling and blue Mm Labour and an attempt to shift the Labour Party to a anti-immigration platform Mm -hmm. that's what that (sighs) he was bothered by my suggestion that his latest incarnation was a game for him a new guise for a political maverick he said true I enjoy being disruptive but no one joining the Brexit party or arguing to leave the EU can be under any possible illusions as to the level of hostility bordering on violence that it entails he a Jew had received emails accusing him of becoming a fucking fascist it's like, well, you joined the you controlled seem, immigration party. You do seem like you have, you have the track record. Yeah. Unlike me, he looked back fondly at his SWP days. Mm. I personally feel as radical as I ever did. I'm not less radical. I've just changed direction. I don't think I've changed very much over the past 40 years. <laughs> Boom. Mm-hmm. He's the same inside. He's still the same. His version of radicalism is bouncing off things and constantly bouncing off other people's if opinions. Anything. All of the money he makes from those student rents gives him more money to be more radical. <laughs> he could buy more Jinko jeans. <laughs> it's like, look, Brexit has brought out a lot of feelings in me mm-hmm. and I'm sure a lot of other left-wingers. Um, we all get frustrated with liberals and, in a broader sense, people we personally hate. Maybe people who we have more politically in common with than we'd like to admit. But we hate them because mm. of their smug condescension or, mm. or any of the other... character traits that annoy you Mm -hmm. as a person right and I've definitely thought at points yet I am going to fucking vote leave if we have a second referendum I've Mm -hmm. seriously considered it maybe I I still will but I wouldn't want that purely to be motivated by the fact that I want to see these people embarrassed Mm -hmm. I do want to see them embarrassed Mm -hmm. but I could go without if it meant that people didn't die people didn't get moved on from tent cities inside yeah. of inside of Britain yeah. or people didn't fucking die on the streets. Yes, because like on the one you hand, know? like yeah, vote if if there was another referendum and leave came through, they would all be super embarrassed. But do you know what else will embarrass Chakramuna? Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Every day when he talks and people look at him like he's weird. I could potentially I know this goes against the kind of uh guillotine's comrade like kind of mm. style of things. Um I could live I, I could be quite happy with Chakaramuna continuing to exist. <laughs> if, it, if it ensures, a, if, if, we get a, if you can get a socialist society, a fairer, a fairer society, a more egalitarian society. Hmm. Like, yeah, I know there's all things about like tactics yeah, and, yeah. and gulags and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, whatever. Um, but I'm not, my politics isn't motivated because I want to piss off my parents. Mm-hmm. I'd actually quite like my parents to be pretty, pretty well off all yeah. told. And Do you know what I mean? Of, yeah. Whereas people like this, like it happened a lot with like tr- like middle class trots in mm. the seventies and eighties. 
they're just looking for something to live. I mean, they're decadent in mm-hmm. in like a kind of real sense, like a kind of twenties. Like I mean, kind of like Fabians and the mm-hmm. Bloomsbury set, and they kind of flirted with uh, eugenics along with mm-hmm. socialism. Flirted with eugenics and tried to find arguments for kind of purity and aesthetics that yeah. would bond actually tacked more closely to proto-fascism and, and future fascism than it did to egalitarian socialism mm-hmm. um and this lot just do these kind of people and the spikes online people do remind me of that kind of thing yeah. like anything to just find a hint of of energy and forward motion and the moving of history within western civilization it's never or it's rarely kind of comes from other other areas of the world it's always how do we reinvigorate western civilization it's why so many of them i mean frankly become like uh brandon hmm. brandon o'neill brandon o'neill brandon o'neill his california <laughs> brandon o'neill's californian cousin <laughs> Yeah. He surfs in on anyway, but he tries to go out to sea. That's why he's not a very good surfer. Um, after three hours of conversation, this was one thing we could agree on. Alaric always relished being on the outside. He stayed in student politics for so long because he enjoyed being a big fish in a small pond. Perhaps the Brexit party gives him the same, oppor- same opportunity. But whatever his intentions or motives, he is part of a movement that relies on nationalism and right-wing populism and dismisses liberal values of tolerance and inclusivity. Forty years ago, I admired his provocative nonconformism. Now it leaves me bemused and despondent. And, yeah. Mm. Um, he, of course he doesn't like, of course he rel- he relishes being on the outside of situations he's engineered and he can control and he can retreat from. Mm. He's not really on the outside. I mean, in a larger sense, none of us are ever on the outside. Mm. We're all subject to capitalism, blah, blah, blah. But he isn't on the outside. He's very much on the inside of his own life. And the fact that, again, don't know anything about him, but he owns two businesses and a bunch of pro- rental properties. He's mm. a landlord. And he is married to into a wealthy family. Yeah. The Hobsbawms are a wealthy wealthy family. And... Mm. and the idea that it's without any risk, mm. it's without any particular stakes, mm. and it leads him to treating actual serious moral conundrums and, and serious stuff like, like you said, like it's a, a game. Mm-hmm. And you just get bored with games. You have to invent new games. So it's not exactly surprising that someone could could go from the far left. And like, it's, like we've said, like there are a lot of people who, who've done that. But... I just can't stand that these people, and even if they haven't drifted to the far right or whatever, that certain people on the left end up having that kind of attitude to to things of, of constantly just liking the aesthetics of political struggle rather than the actual the actual things that you want and need. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it bums me out reading about them. But my, most of them are, are, I guess, gone. Yeah, you know, they've joined the Brexit, joined the Brexit party. party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, that's us for this week. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Blueberry. You can follow us at WDTATW underscore podcast. You can follow me at BM Bergamo and Hugh at Tanner Smashing. And we'll see you next week. Yep. Hooray! Bye. Bye. I love my country. Indeed I do. Where I Fighting am the least about the fighting game When Mr. Hoover said to cut my